Love it. Okay. Okay. Hello and welcome. I'm going to introduce us. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. I was just repeating what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's, this episode of duking it out my name's hannah i'm here with what why are you laughing because you said this week's i can't not say it i I know it's every other week but i always say this week's episode you should just start over (laughs) we're always looking for things to cut so i (laughs) (laughs) i forgot that was a jennifer gardner episode that was so funny (laughs) okay okay my name's Hannah. I'm here with my father. Uh, Stacy. Hello. Oh my god. It's like you forgot his name. Um, and this is the podcast where we just talk about whatever we want. It has to do with pop culture because that's really all we ever talk about. Um, and last time I chose for us to talk about Sleepless in Seattle. This week, or this episode. There we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things to cut. This is going to be a short episode. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about Sleepless in Seattle, and then we will talk about what is making us excited lately, and then Dad is going to give us what we will be discussing next time. So Sleepless in Seattle came out in 1993. It was directed by Nora Ephron, who... I love. And Sleepless in Seattle, I'll just give like a quick summary of it. It's Meg Ryan plays Annie and then Tom Hanks plays Sam. Sam, his wife has passed away and he has a son and his son sees how lonely Sam is. And so his son Jonah decides to call into like a therapist radio show. And... Sam kind of picks up the phone and talks about how much he loves his wife and Annie across the country hears all of this. And so she kind of insanely falls in love with this random (laughs) radio guy (laughs) and it starts messing with her own relationships in real life. So that's what we'll be discussing. But I think before dad, when did you see this movie? You know, I rewatched this with your mom um, mm-hmm. who was literally crying at the credits as the movie Me. began. And uh, we were talking about that, and it we had to have seen it in the movie theater um, mm-hmm. in 1993. So we had been, we'd been married at that point. So we saw it in the movie theater, um, and I probably have seen it once since then. But Really? Yeah. At least, I mean, I would say at least once, but it, it had been a long time since I'd since I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Long time. <laughs> um, but your mom was sitting over here on the couch next to me, literally quoting every line. It was like, <laughs> it, I was like, this must be what she feels when we're watching Empire Strikes Back or something. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, spoiler alert here. Gosh. Spoiler alert. But I, I didn't remember I didn't remember anything. I remembered maybe one or two scenes in it, but very mm-hmm. little at all. 
where um, where does this where does this fall in line in the whole uh rom-com meg ryan timeline thing yeah i was going to see how you i was going to ask you almost the exact same thing oh i think i think i love sleepless in seattle but it's not as good of a movie as when harry met sally so this is after when harry met sally yeah, when Harry met Sally Day is eighty nine. Okay, and then and it's this is ninety three. And it's before you've got mail. You've got mail, which I haven't. That's when I've only seen once, and that was when I was little. Like I haven't seen that movie in forever. I bet the bones of that still works, but I bet the use of technology is hilarious. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it is because I feel like um, they use I... America Online AOL constantly in that movie oh yeah oh yeah um but i it's really those three but i think it would be when harry met sally's the best and then sleepless and then but i also think because while i was watching this this time this one feels more comedic than romantic and i think that's just because like really they're never really together tom hanks and meg ryan i just felt like this was so every time i I just i love nora efron's writing so much she just she's so good i was her her writing is good and her directing is uh, good she is such and it's upsetting like she hasn't directed a lot and i Mm mm-hmm don't think or she did Julie and Julie and that was right when she was like that was when she was sick and I need to rewatch that one because I think I've only seen that one once but I love Julie and Julia um but this one I rewatched that her documentary everything is copy which is on max right now I don't think I've seen that you haven't I, I thought you had for so I don't know why I thought you had maybe I have and I just don't remember it I'd have to look at it again. Oh, Dad, you sh- it's so good because it's just like her family and her son is talking about her. And then they get all of these, like Tom Hanks is in it. They have a whole section on Sleepless in Seattle. I don't think, I, um, I don't think I've watched that. Uh-uh. You, you would love it. You have got to watch yeah, it then. It I is would love so it. good. But, um, and so we get a lot of Nora Ephron and she reads some of, cause I haven't read, I don't know why I haven't read any of her, um, essays, like essays. I haven't read any of them. Um, but she is just so sharp and she's so funny. There's this, I wrote down like this whole thing in, um, sleepless and it's the morning after Annie heard, um, Sam, talk about his wife as sleepless in Seattle and she comes into the office and she's explaining what it was or whatever she's explaining it to um Becky who's Rosie O'Donnell and then two other guys I don't know who they are but (laughs) she goes hold on I just have to read it she goes and then suddenly he starts talking about his wife and how he just fell in love with her like he was one of those cows in Michigan and (laughs) Becky goes what cows in Michigan Annie it was on 60 minutes those cows that got zapped by stray voltage no one knows why and maybe it was Wisconsin Anyway, it's just that type, that line right there. I was like, that is so Nora. 
it's just so funny. That line killed me. Yeah, there, there's, oh my gosh, I just... Yeah, there's so much of the writing that is so specific like that. <laughs> and you yeah. think, that's not going to appeal to anybody, but it's the the specificity is what makes it so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I loved all the... Or like the whole thing, any interaction with the kid Jonah and oh. Tom Hanks, Sam, it was so funny or like when they have the big argument at the end and jonah like or you can see sam he's like mumbling to himself talking about like how many women he slept with and, blah, 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 blah. and then you see jonah walk up and he's like how long have you been standing there long enough <laughs> forever <laughs> in that scene in that scene mom looks at me and, and referring to tom hanks was like oh he's pulling a jackson because <laughs> our Hannah's brother, my son, Jackson, especially when he was little and he would not like to do something. He would just start mumbling incoherent. What'd you say, Jackson? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, it was so funny. He would do that all the time. But yeah, the writing so is the writing is so good in it. The the breathe in and breathe out sign that it, or line is such a classic. I remember sitting in the movie theater and Hearing that, watching that, going, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is a great line. <laughs> and and always, always when somebody is talking about grief or recovering from grief, that always comes back to me that, well, I'm going to I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to I'm going to breathe in and I'm going to breathe out. And and it's just for some reason, it's just a great, great line. That's so good. And it just makes me miss Tom Hanks in comedies. Like, he hasn't been in a comedy, I feel like, in so long. And he is just so good. He was in Elvis. I wish he would do more. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> With that crazy accent and crazy prosthetic face on. He was That so was comedic. Oh, brother. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe he did that. That is embarrassing for Tom Hanks. Oh, I forgot that wow. was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another part of this movie, like a big um, theme of it is, and I think I even read a quote from Nora where she was like, our biggest dream for this movie was to point out how movies ruin love. But then I wanted this movie to be so good that it did ruin love. Hmm. Interesting. Of just like having the the ideal moment of like, oh, I, because he always talks about, he's like, oh yeah, I touched my wife's hand and I knew, like I was helping her out of the car and Im immediately I knew that she was for me. Um, did you have a moment like that with mom? Oh, I think that was when she farted in front of me. <laughs> That's when you knew. That's when I knew. When we hadn't even she started farted. dating. Yeah. It was the weekend that we first met. And then she, or she and was she, like, oh, did you hear? She made like a huge deal about it. Yeah, which I didn't even hear. But she was like, oh, I'm so sorry I farted in front of you. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, didn't I notice that. I need to make this woman my wife immediately. Yeah, exactly. So it was probably, it was probably, you know, thinking off the top of my head, that would be a, that would be a good one where it's like... She's all right. That's when I knew. That's when I knew. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing that they Love that. 
that she said that about the the movie because yeah because rom-coms have a tendency to elevate the magic between a relationship so you have this almost unfair expectation of this is what my one true love will be like mm-hmm. and yet she goes ahead and does that in in yeah. the movie because that was the thing i appreciated is that annie's fiance was a great guy he wasn't a jerk he wasn't yeah. he wasn't you know and a butthead or anything bill pullman right yeah bill, Pull- bill pullman and yeah. he's just a solid good guy that you know mm-hmm. he's got some allergy issues <laughs> um things like that he needs to see a doctor um but he was <laughs> he was great he was he was devoted to her i think she did love him but there was mm-hmm. that spark and i think she would have been mostly happy with him yeah but i think i think so i think like at he like he says at the end i don't want anyone to settle for me right and she probably would have a little bit yeah i i loved that cuz it wasn't like i liked that he wasn't also a problem like the plot was just that she wasn't sure about her feelings and then yeah. getting over to Tom Hanks without him thinking that she's insane, which I don't know if she fully, I don't know if she fully did that because she seemed insane. Like she went all the way. <laughs> oh, she. There, when she flew all the way to Seattle, I forgot that that happened in the movie and I was like, whoa, well, Whoa, girl. Yeah, by today's standards, she would clearly be a stalker. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> and I think, I, I don't think it would have been this way in 1993, but even more so today, if the roles had been reversed and a guy had done that with a girl, well, yeah. major stalker. Yeah. That and, was the other thing. I was like, yeah, I wonder if, like, if she was a guy and Tom Hanks was the girl. I don't know. That would be much more creepy. Yeah. And... And it might have come across that way in 1993 even as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. I, and I was thinking along those lines. It's like the just the dynamic between Tom Hanks and his son. How would that have been different if it would have been a daughter? Um, yeah. But I think because of Jonah being a little boy that they kind of had this male way of talking with each other. Mm-hmm. That was just oh, yeah. that was just really interesting. Um, <laughs> the part where they're like brushing their teeth, oh. and he's talking. I can't even remember what Jonah says, but he's like, "Oh, is she gonna like scratch up your back?" Is what yeah. he said. And he's like, "What? Where did where you did hear you... that?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, my friend has cable." <laughs> yes. The way Tom is like, "Oh, he has cable." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> that cracks me up. Their chemistry was oh, so. They're... Good. Well, the spe- Which, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say there's there's this part in the documentary, everything is copy with Nora Ephron and Tom Hanks is talking about how, um, Nora. Oh, and this is the other thing. Nora, as the director, um, she's very like. No one gets any slack. Like if there was a rewrite in the script, and a scene was taken out. And everyone was given one, but then you didn't read it and you talk about the scene that was cut, making it very obvious that you didn't read the new script, you're fired immediately. 
And wow. Tom was talking about this, and he was talking about how, yeah, she just had, like, no patience for any of that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think we were, like, two weeks into shooting, and we all kind of realized that the original kid that we had cast wasn't going to work out. And Nora just, like, took Tom aside and was like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be firing that kid. And he was like, you're... Like, she was cold. Like, she wow. would not put up with anything. And I think there's a rumor that it was Jason Schwartzman, which, like, really makes me laugh as a child. Huh. Interesting. But I don't... Yeah, I read that, and I was like, I don't know if that... He seems like he would be <clears throat> old in 93, older than... I don't know. But then they found the right kid, and that kid was perfect. Well, and it just it's either testament to Tom Hanks' acting ability... Or they just had great chemistry because, like, at the very yeah. end, um, when because throughout the course of the the film, Jonah is trying to set up Annie and her and his dad, and have him go out to New York and meet her at the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. his dad says no, and so Jonah just books a plane ticket with the help of his <laughs> friend. Um, mm-hmm. gotta love pre nine eleven. The way they were, it was like Dex. The way that they had to put in his name to get that plane ticket. Oh my goodness, that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. But he goes there, and then eventually Tom Hanks realizes it, flies out there, and finds him at the top of the Empire State Building. But when they embrace, uh, it just feels so real. So, so emotional, so real. Probably the height of emotions right there in the movie. Yes, that's that's exactly what. When I was rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, this is like I wonder." Because in my head, I was like, "Oh, maybe he should have like met up with Annie before he met up with Jonah." Because. For me, yeah, the Jonah was the big emotional part of <clears throat> I don't think you would have anybody care about her him meeting with Annie if they did that first, though. It's like, who cares? Get you your kid. Yeah. He's, yeah, you're right. He's alone in New York. you got to find him. Yeah. But, yeah, I loved that part. That was so good. It, yeah, it was so genuine. It was it was so real in, in that. Mom said... And, you know, who knows if this is true or not. But she said the reason that they and I don't know if this is her opinion or or if she just knows this from lore um, because she's much more part of that Meg Ryan rom-com world than I am. But she said the reason that they made You Got Mail is because of the criticism about Sleepless in Seattle that they weren't together. And that's so funny that that's like an absolute truth in my brain because she's been telling me that my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Every time we watch this movie, that's exactly what she says. There you go. So I thought that was just, everyone knew that, but no, that's just like something that mom ingrained in me, but that I do believe that maybe that's because I've been told that my whole life, but well, do you feel like they, cause that was the interesting thing. It's like, how do they, how does it feel like they have chemistry with each other? When they were they were on screen, what sixty seconds, two minutes? Yeah, well, and I agree, and I think it's also um, just the, the script one part. 
script, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's that one part where he's like saying goodbye to his current Sam's current girlfriend. I can't remember her name, but she had the annoying laugh. Oh yeah. Um, he was saying goodbye to her, and then Meg Ryan walks by because she, that was when she flew into Seattle to try and find him. Right. Um, and he like does a double take mm-hmm. and like follows her for a while. So I think it was kind of like a. Again, they made it very like magical love, True. rather than authentic. But I'm fine with that because it was so freaking cute. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, and the whole the whole part with um, because she gets to Seattle and then she sees there's like a whole um misinformation type thing where she had pictures of Tom Hanks and he was on a date with someone who had short curly hair because she. Hired a freaking private detective to yes. further stalk him. Yes, which yeah, that's another level. I'm like, whoa. She's like I, full I fatal really attraction. I wanted to know, like, yeah, exactly. I was like, I wonder how their first date's gonna go. Is she just gonna like outline everything she did <laughs> to find him, or like, I would have a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, but so the whole thing. So she, then she gets to Seattle and then sees. Um, Sam hugging his sister, who also has short curly hair, which made me... And so then she leaves because she, you know, she doesn't feel comfortable, obviously. But but she doesn't know it's the sister. She thinks it's no, the girlfriend. she doesn't know it's a sister. She thinks it's the other girl um, and that he's serious about her. But it made me realize that every woman in the movie has short hair, short curly hair, except her. And she has long straight hair. Yeah, it was. We got Rita Wilson and Becky, which is Rosie O'Donnell. It was a. Uh, it and was. We still wife. had the vestiges of of eighties uh, hair going. I know, but every single woman had short hair except her, and she had that really long, bushy hair. Oh my gosh! And I, I it may be a weird thing, but I really wanted her hair. Her hair was it's, so voluminous. It's it like was a character huge. all by itself. And yeah. I think that's why she, she looks. Was whipping it around. Yeah, I think that's why she looks so adorable so many times. Yeah. She had these little trails coming down yes. that would frame her face, and it's like. And her bangs, they look great. She looks so cute. Yeah, I loved it. But that's kind of the part that bugged me. Two parts of the movie bugged me, was her going out to Seattle, and them. It it just it almost felt like a wasted opportunity. Like, is there not something more that we could have done with this to establish a little bit more between them face to face? I guess that would have ruined the story. It would have delayed things. But I I just had yeah. I just wished that there was, and I don't know how you would do it, but that they had interacted a l- little bit more there because she goes there, she yeah. has this miscommunication. And she leaves. And the miscommunication bugged me because it's full white Christmas. Yeah. I and hate it's like, that. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it was full white Christmas. Yeah. But there's that. And I wish I, – I see what you're saying and I agree. I, I wish they had like maybe at the airport they had like maybe gotten to the same cab or something before they knew who each other, like before she realized that that was who she was looking for. Or if they had like some kind of 
conversation before they knew who each other were yeah, and then something. split up and then I don't know. Something because I agree. It did feel weird. Because I short. I do remember I mean, even as the movie was going, I, I kept going, I feel like I remember Tom Hanks when he finally sees her at the top of the Empire State Building. I feel like he says, it's you. And you wouldn't have that if they had met and it's been more time together in Seattle. And I think, and I love, I love that piece where he's surprised and it's like, it's you. Like Mm -hmm. I've been seeing you in my dreams for this whole time. So yeah, I don't know. It's a problem that I don't know is that you can fix, I guess. Yeah. But some of the, some of the parts in it are, are great character bits. Some of the parts mm-hmm. are just funny, like them in the air airplane, and she's she's sitting there in the middle seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best parts of the movie. Love that part. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and she <laughs> and the person next to Meg Ryan says, "Oh, don't you hate flying?" And Meg Ryan says. I do, but sometimes I just made one. I just, I just did that to my fiance the other day, and she thinks that the woman is saying, "Don't you hate lying?" And she yeah. goes on this big long story. Oh, she like recounts the entire thing, and the woman's just like, "Yeah, I said flying." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's such. Oh, oh my gosh, that's such a because. We all hear flying, so we just have to like put the pieces together of like mm-hmm. what Meg Ryan heard. It's such good writing of like not yeah holding the hand of the audience. Like yep. you just got to catch up with that. I love that was I love perfect. That. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the babysitter, and I love the babysitter. Her outfits. It's like, what are you wearing? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what mom said as well. She was, she was so like, funny. I just have always loved what she's been, what she wears. And she has, <laughs> I think she has uh, two words. After Tom Hanks is running around his place, realizing that Jonah is not there. And yeah. he, he yells out. So he goes upstairs, goes downstairs, running around outside. And she's just kind of standing there with this dazed look on her face and finally goes, <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> and then. Earlier, she she says, huh, once, and that was it. (laughs) Well, there's that, but then it's, like, she's there, and they're waiting for Tom Hanks to leave to go on his date. Right. And he's he comes down the stairs, and you can see her. She starts, like, patting Jonah, like, turn the channel. You're not supposed to be watching (laughs) this. Oh, I didn't see that. So he changes the channel, and Tom Hanks, I love him. Because he's like, how do I look? Do I look okay? What What do you think? It doesn't let anybody answer uh-uh. any of the questions. Yeah. And then he just leaves. Well, and he asks her something <laughs> and she goes, huh? And that's it. That's all she says in the whole scene. And that's what I think I love about this, so about this movie. And what in my mind makes a great comedy is when you have a solid center like Tom Hanks and probably yeah. Meg Ryan as well. And you just surround them with weird, quirky, specific <laughs> secondary characters. Yes. And and that you know, they do that on good sitcoms like Seinfeld mm-hmm. and other shows like that. But it's you have a solid center and then they're just surrounded by all of these 
weird and quirky and specific characters. And that that's what makes yeah. this this show, I think. That yes, I totally agree. And I love the um the friend of Jonah, Jessica. Oh who yeah. I remember I remember seeing her because I, I rewatched this movie like last year and I was like, she looks so familiar. And then there was one like close up and she had, she has really thick eyebrows. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. It's like Gabby Hoffman. I was like, oh, duh. What else she been in? Because I knew she looked she familiar. In, she Did you watch Transparent, the prime show? She's like the oldest sister in that. No, uh-uh. Or that black and white movie with Joaquin Phoenix and she's the mom of the, like he, she's his sister. Oh, I think I know what you're uh, talking about. Come on, come on. Maybe not. I can't think of anything else that she's... But I always love her. And I thought she was great in this. Yeah, she's good. And I love the trope of, like, all of the women thinking that movie is so good. And anytime they talk about it, yeah, or anytime they're watching it, they immediately start crying. Yeah. That, and then you see Jessica do the exact same thing. You see Rita Wilson starts talking about it, and she starts sobbing in front of the guys. And they're like, what is wrong with her? She's telling the entire plot of that movie. <laughs> start talking about Dirty Dozen and then they start fake crying that was yeah. so funny that was so funny and I only looked up like one little thing about the movie but I I did see that one that they totally improvised the whole yeah. Dirty Dozen part <laughs> yeah which was so great oh my gosh I just I loved that I loved every woman not being able to control themselves I hate that movie. I hate that movie. I have never seen it, and I was like, oh, maybe I should watch it for this. But then when they would explain it, I was like, it's just miscommunication on top of miscommunication. They go, and that is like my absolute pet peeve of anything ever. It's pride, and they go full white Christmas, where it's a miscommunication, and she, and maybe it worked back then in the 50s. But she is in a wheelchair and she's handicapped. And so you won't love me this way. And it's like, I can't stand it. Yeah. That look, it's like ableist. I wouldn't, I would not be able to enjoy it. But I do find it very funny that all the women cry during it. It's so, I love that joke. Yep. That's it. And I, my other fate, like this might be like top jokes in this movie because it's has such little screen time it's um when jonah is already on the plane and so sam went over to jessica's parents house to ask them like what happened and jessica finally admits to helping him get the plane ticket and they're like oh he's on he's going to new york and she just says the flight number and they know exactly (laughs) what what flight it is they know when it leaves and then they have like 20 clocks on their mantle <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like the exact time that he's supposed to depart and they all look and then it just goes to another scene. Yeah. I had to rewind that so many times. I was like, why do they have so many clocks? Oh, it's because they're travel <clears throat> agents and they just know every single every, flight. Yeah. That is so funny. It was, oh my gosh. Man, we burned through this soundtrack so much in the early 90s. It is I a great just, soundtrack. I was just listening to it um, to get into the headspace this morning. Oh, wow. Um, and it's so good. Every cut it's such is a good so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or when he's like about <clears throat> to, um, when Sam is about to ask someone out, he's like getting ready and he's flipping through his Rolodex and he's dialing the number and the song that's playing is um, Get Back on That Saddle or something. Uh yeah. Back in the saddle Back again. Back in the That's saddle again. Yeah. There's some, there's some <laughs> great needle so drops. Hard. Oh my gosh. How do you feel like Meg Ryan's acting or this character compares to when Harry met Sally? I think she's more neurotic in this one because she's always it's like she's swinging from the whole time it's like oh i'm in love with my (coughs) bill pullman i love him i love him i love him i'm trying to convince myself that i love him and then she'll like slide over to sleepless in seattle and be like oh but i really like this guy and he sounds like he's so she just seemed a little nuts and all over the place but there's this there is the part when she's like re-listening to um it's like the best of on the radio Uh and so they replay all of what sam said as sleepless in seattle and it's a one shot that we had just heard that we had just heard 10 minutes earlier when she which when she listened to him live on the radio and now we're hearing it the exact same thing yeah. Ten minutes later. Did you not like that or did you like that? No, I'm just I'm just making sure our listener understands <laughs> what we're saying. Because yeah. we heard Tom Tom Hanks talk about his wife live on the radio and then she's re listening to it again and it's ten minutes later in the movie, several days have gone by, but she's listening yeah. and we the audience hear the exact same thing again. But the exact same thing. And she's just like peeling an apple, which, hold on, pause on what I was saying. This is a little bit, there's a part later in the movie where Sam is talking with Jonah and Jonah's like, I don't really remember mom or like, tell me something that I don't know about her. And he's like, oh, your mom would peel an apple in one long, like long strand, exactly how Meg Ryan did earlier. And I was like, I don't think she did it in one long strand though. I think she she did. She carved all of it in one long strand, and I was like, "That's a weird comparison." Like, and that's like the only. That's like the one thing. It's not like she is exactly like his wife, but that's the only thing that we know that they have in common. That always struck me as weird. I was like, "Why? Why would you have her do the exact same thing that his wife would do?" I would. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was one long strand. But it may be right. You may be right. I didn't I go back it, and and watch it. I didn't but that I just, that could fall into yeah. the whole theme of magic, because they did talk True, a little but like, bit. Why would why would he want the same exact thing? That's so weird. Well, I don't think he consciously would, but I think there was just a little hint, a little oh. nudge of that, a little yeah. a little taste of familiarity there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, anyway, going back to when yeah, she was the listening scene. to it and she's carving this thing. It, this is one shot and it's just like slowly zooming in on her face and she just starts crying and sobbing and then it ends and that's just like where the scene ends. It's not like anything else happens, but that was amazing. Yeah. I thought she did. I don't know how she did that because I'm sure she's listened to that recording so many times as an actress. But oh. I was just like, this is... and. There's a part in When Harry Met Sally where she's crying over um, 
her ex getting engaged and Billy comes in and is like comforting her. And I think that is also really good acting because she's having to cry comedically. Hmm. Yeah. So there's that, which I think is like, that's incredibly hard. Well, but then having to just like have a one shot as if it's a play and just having to cry on cue. That's well, it's that. And, crazy. and I, I made note of that exact same scene. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. we, as the audience are not giving, are not given any new information about what Tom Hanks is saying here. This is a repeat right. of what we just heard. Mm-hmm. And yet we're having to listen to the entire thing again. And I am so engaged in yes. this scene yes. because it's just on her face and you see everything play out on her face in such yeah. an amazing way. And it was, I was sitting there going, how did they, how did they get this? How did they do this? Yeah. And how would they not cut this out? Because it was, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I had, because I think I had the same realization. I was like, this is, yeah, it's the exact, like, we just listened to this. Mm-hmm. We're just, like, watching her facial expressions and she's making different ones. And it's still so good. Yeah, it was, it so was good. crazy. And I loved the part in the very beginning or near, near the beginning when Annie is in the, in the kitchen. And I think it's the second you time since she's trying to listen this. to the show the talk talk radio show and the way she um i think it's the apple scene she grabs an apple out of the fridge and and slowly kind of backs up to the radio to turn it on but her physicality in that is just so amazing that she just kind of floats around and just oh happens to touch the radio and it turns on and yeah, it was she, it was so beautiful. So comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She the way she crosses the kitchen no like this, she's so comfortable. So that was that was a pleasure to see her do some of that. Yeah, I just love Meg Ryan in this era. She's just kind of got caught up with it and did it for too long, but I think she's a great, great actress. I love watching her. Definitely. Does And then oh sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Ask. No, mine was just like a random piece of trivia. You go. Oh, I was just going to I was just going to say does this movie tap into a woman's need to help a hurting man? Because I mean, almost from the beginning when he's sitting there talking about on the radio Tom Hanks is talking about his wife and you get some of the other you get Meg Ryan's um attraction you she stops in a diner to get a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. the the two waitresses there have already been listening and they're already talking about it and so it just yeah. and even as a viewer you are sucked in to that with him or is it just yeah. the he's got that it factor that every man um factor that you just you you just want to fix things for him. He he's just got that vulnerability, that sensitivity in yeah. in te- Or maybe they're just I think you're right where yeah, definitely about like wanting to help him, but I think it's also like, oh, 
you've already proven that you have fallen in love with a woman so like much that you miss her this much after she's dead and you're like not able to get back out there. So it's, I don't have to worry about like, if you have the capability to fall in love, I already know that you have. And you've got a good son and you've got a good relationship with him. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. all those factors. It's like, wow, what is, you, you get sucked into that so quickly. Yeah, it's that's as soon as it starts, there isn't much exposition and it's just so good. Like you just the first shot is them over the casket of their mom and they just jump right into he was in Chicago, but now he's moving because he just needs to get away from everything. And you jump right into Annie's whole life. And she's I don't think she's introducing her family to fiance but she's telling them that they are engaged now um and her whole family is hilarious her brother yeah, it's the secondary characters like very logical yeah. yeah it's so or they're like the couple that's always like oh are there gonna be bees are you having it in the <laughs> garden because he's allergic to bees he's allergic to the just the stoic like stone face like yeah. You just need to make sure there are no bees there. And, and that is so funny. And they capture the essence of those characters immediately. Immediately. Yeah. In and seconds. And we never see them again. Uh-uh. <laughs> They're nope. just there for the joke. Yep. And Victor Garber <laughs> is in the good. is in this, who surprised yeah. me at the very beginning. It's like, what? Victor Garber? Like, whoa. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> it does it does make me want to watch You've Got Mail just to see them together more. Is Nora Ephron involved in yeah. that? Did she write that? I think she did. I think she wrote that one. I know that she didn't direct it. Yeah. Let me look it up. Um, but. Yeah, it makes me yeah, want to watch I, that. I, gosh. This movie is. She did write it. Okay. And she directed it. She did? I think I did know that, and I was like, oh, I would rather watch Sleepless than You've Got Mail. Huh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Interesting. Yeah, and I forgot that um, Rob Reiner is in this with a great, great role. His conversation with Sam, their their friends at a diner, very much, I was like, this is like watching When Harry Met Sally. It it totally had that vibe. Billy Crystal and that other guy. Yeah, so... Which I think is why... <clears throat> well, I don't I don't know how to articulate why I think When Harry Met Sally is better. I think it's just... It's a better story. Because they're together. I was going to say... They're friends. They're together. You get to see yeah. that relationship develop and build over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're together. They're And then they break up. And then they... Mm-hmm. The, I think there's better obstacles in that. This is, the yeah. obstacle is geography. And I think I like um, Carrie Fisher more than Rosie O'Donnell oh, in yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. Clearly. And Rosie O'Donnell's fantastic, She's, but Carrie Fisher I, is, yeah, I love man. Rosie in this. Rosie is so, and I love how she just enables her friend. She's like, yeah, just go. Don't tell, <laughs> don't tell your fiance. Lie to him. Yeah. Fly across the country to a stranger that we have very blurry pictures of him uh-huh. on a date with another woman. Yeah, yep. go over there. Mm-hmm. 
She is so she's more insane than um Annie. But she does call her out and say this this may not be his his girlfriend. All all we're seeing is the back of her head. True. True. So she's she got of, that. But she's st- yeah, she's like this could like this might not be the girlfriend. You still have a chance. So she, you know, she's still delusional. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But I, I love that kind of delusion. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of... Also, I watched this on um, Roku, because it was free on Roku. Yeah, us too. Oh, I thought you own it, like the DVD. Yeah, but it's so much easier to just stream it. (laughs) No, if I I would have much rather just watched the DVD, because Roku puts ads in at the worst times. They were so random. And they're so loud. I can't... I know, it was so loud. That Roku and Hulu are the worst. They, like, turn their ads up... Ugh. Yeah, that is true. Hate them. Annoying. But it looked good. It looked a lot better than it would be on a DVD. So. Yeah. Oh, one piece of um, a little bit of trivia is just that in the part where she's like listening to like the best hits when she's peeling the apple, mm-hmm. Annie, mm-hmm. she's listening to the radio. Um, one of the speakers was disappointed in Denver and that was Nora Ephron. That was her voice. She did uh-huh. that. <laughs> That's cool. I don't even remember the story that went along with it. Uh-uh. But yeah, that was Nora. That was that's interesting. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's, that's good. That's what we liked. And we didn't really have much that we didn't like about this movie. But that's what we thought about mm-hmm. Sleepless in Seattle. There you go. Good movie. Good flick. Yep. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And then we will be back with what is making us excited. And we're back. We keeping you up there? What? You're What'd just, you say? You just had a huge yawn right there. I did have a yawn, but that was during the break. Oh. That was the part that will be I, cut out. I don't know if I don't know. But if I guess it will that be. will be up to Katie at this point. Yeah. That was a That's big how yawn. I was doing it. I was waiting to yawn until the break. <laughs> um <laughs> Dad, what is making you excited? What is making me excited? You know, I have had some spectacular things that I've been excited about over the course Mm -hmm. of this wonderful podcast, of which this is (laughs) like episode 25 or 26 or something like that. But this is not probably going to be the week that or the episode that is spectacular. I'm I'm. It's a it's a bit of a lame choice, I will admit, right up front. Whoa! I know, and like I said, it's not up to my usual standard, but it's as good <laughs> as I could do right now. So, what is making me excited right now is the December twentieth release of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Here's why. Listen to me. This is why, because oh, it is going to be. Such a load of hot, steaming pile of poop. (laughs) And we're going to have to listen to how bad all the DC movies are and how they've ruined everything. And it's a useless movie because they're rebooting the whole universe, the whole DC universe, all of that stuff. I totally agree. I totally agree. The trailer just dropped like last week. The trailer actually looked pretty good. It looked pretty bonkers as the first Aquaman was. It was just bonkers. 
So all I'm saying is I'm all excited for the shit show or if it's if it's good, if it gets decent. Because from the comments that I've been seeing is people are like, hey, this doesn't look that bad. It looks it looks pretty good, actually. So I'm just there is no way. Oh, I don't, I know. And I don't care. I'm just saying I'm excited for whether it's a colossal failure or a colossal hit because it's going to be so ridiculous. We're going to have to go through all the whole DC Studios stuff again that's been going on from Blue Beetle to The Flash to Shazam, all that stuff we've been hearing all year long. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's great, I'm I'm I'll be excited for it cuz I will see it. And if it's horrible oh and it bombs and it takes the entire Warner's Discovery Studio down with it, I'm there for it. I'm excited about that too. <laughs> cuz it is all of this is such a colossal mess and I'm ready to be done with it all. Well, yeah. I'm ready to be done with it all, but I'm just excited for the chaos. That's that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the chaos that's, that this movie will yeah. bring one way or the other. There. Because yeah, like what is the point of this movie? Even if it's a restarting. Even if it's a standalone and if it's a huge hit, I guess they could keep him around, but at the same time it's like who cares? There's nothing been announced um in their yeah. in their plan for the first 5 years, so I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited for the chaos and the hot mess of it all. And they've screwed this whole thing up so badly. (laughs) It's exciting to me. So It's exciting how badly they are marketing this. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Yep. So that's what I'm that's what's making me excited right now. Okay, because I had such a big reaction to yours because I thought you said December 20th and you were talking about something water and I thought you had stolen mine. (gasps) That's why I was getting off of that. But then also your assumption that yours was lame. And I was like, well, then you're saying mine is lame if we have the same one. (laughs) We don't. Mine is also coming out on December 20th, though. Whoa. I am excited for Disney Plus's... um, version of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Ah. That is what I am excited. There's like a two episode premiere on December 20th. Yep. And it's a show based on the books by Rick Riordan, which I think I had another episode where I was excited for a different book that he was coming out with. A different series, um, yeah. He just yeah, he is popping these books and shows and all this stuff out. I love Rick Riordan. And I guess he was much more heavily involved in the making of this show rather than because there were two movies that came out um, years ago that were not good. Not good at all. Didn't really get the essence of Mm -mm. Percy Jackson. But so that's coming out on December 20th. And I can't wait for that. But I have a double. Whoa. Really quick. I have something else that I'm excited about. Okay. Um, We'll allow that. Because. Yeah. I just found out about this, I think, like, yesterday morning. And it's this movie comes out on November 3rd. So it comes out, and I think this episode is going to be dropping on November 9th or 7th or something. We say that all the time, and we have no idea. 
I do. I'm keeping track now. Sure. You don't have any idea. Sure I am are. keeping track. Sure. Um, anyway, but Sofia Coppola's new movie is coming out and it's about, it's called Priscilla Presley and it's about obviously Priscilla Presley, but it's like, she wrote it with this other woman and it's based on Priscilla Presley's book about her life. And I think someone who was like mad about this movie being made was uh, like, oh, this is going to destroy Elvis's reputation. So that really got me excited. Um, <laughs> so I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what I just love Sofia Coppola. She she can I be good. That... What was her most recent film? Most recent? I don't I don't rem- I know that she's done Marie Antoinette, Bling Ring. She did. She was in What We Do in the Shadows. I oh, think really? she actually got killed. Yeah, huh? it was hilarious. Um, but I'm very excited for that. I saw... Oh, she did like the Beguiled Virgin Suicides. Hmm. Interesting. Beguiled's good. She's, um, yeah, so Virgin Suicides. She sometimes is all right. I'm not no, as I much like of a fan as, as you are. So... I... I think when the um, Greta Gerwig's Barbie was announced, someone was like, okay, so now we have Greta Gerwig's Barbie. We are going to like expeditiously need Sofia Coppola's Bratz. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is what is making it. <clears throat> well, that's good. And Tom Hanks is in this version of Elvis as well. No, no. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Hopefully not. Hopefully. Yep. Fingers crossed. He's not. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and come back, and I will be leading our last call. All right, and we are back, and uh, this is Last Call, where I get to pick what we're going to be talking and discussing about next episode. So, fun. Hannah, this is a movie, 2002. Uh-huh. Okay. It's available on Tubi or Pluto, your, ch- your choice, with commercials. All right. Obviously. Um, <laughs> it stars, I think we've even talked about this on the show. Oh. It was written, <clears throat> excuse me, for the screen by one of my favorite authors, Joe Lansdale, based on his novella of the same name oh. and it stars Ossie Davis that you will recognize the face if you don't know the name and one of my heroes Bruce Campbell and we are going to be nice. watching and discussing Bubba Hotep the horror comedy classic from 2002 and let me just read a synopsis Fun. of this because you've never seen it <laughs> And no. it's a underground cult classic about Elvis Ooh. Presley and a ja- and a oh black. Oh my gosh! I know it's a theme, and a That's crazy. and a black JFK stay in a nursing oh, home. I have heard of this. Oh, yeah, of this. they stay in a nursing home where nothing happens until a wayward Egyptian mummy comes along, as they often do, and sucks <laughs> out the old people's souls through their anuses. And then the two decide to fight back. It's a classic. I'm excited. It's a classic. I just finished Paradise in the Sky, so I'm excited. <gasps> Paradise Sky. That's what I meant. Okay. Paradise Sky. Paradise Sky. Oh. Yeah. You should have led with that. 
So, <laughs> yes. So anyway, it's a weird, wild, and I haven't seen it in years. And I don't remember <laughs> anything about it, except that it's just crazy dumb. So we're going to be talking and discussing the classic Bubba Hotep. More horror. Fun. Kind of. But yeah, a little bit. Kind of. Kind of. Okay, cool. I'm excited. And that's our show. That's yeah. duking it out. That's all we got. Yep. And uh, we will see you next time. And um, Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show or if you have suggestions to dukinandoutpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm Stacy. I'm Hannah. And our producer is Katie, who is yeah. hopefully will stay silent during this episode. <laughs> and uh, this we'll is Duke in and Out. Wrong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is Duke in and Out. And thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye.